this morning, we mentioned that at the beginning of both the Old, Test, uh, Old Testament and the beginning of the New Testament, we can see that in his relationship with man, the Lord focuses on the matter of our heart. And we, we saw this with Genesis 2.15 in man's charge uh, uh, in the garden or God's charge to man in the garden to till it and to guard it. And we know that the ground, the ground in the Bible is a picture of our heart and, and how, um, we need to, we need to guard, sorry, we need to till, soften the heart, especially of the next generation and prepare it to receive the spirit as the rain so that the tree of life can be planted there to grow. And this, of course, matches the aspect of image with God's eternal purpose. But then we should also guard it or keep it. And, and that, that matches the other aspect of God's eternal purpose, that is dominion, to exercise God's authority, to preserve the situation. Then in the New Testament, in the New Testament, we went to um, John the Baptist. And we can see this as the Lord's forerunner. He, his, his commission was to prepare the way of the Lord, to fill up the ravines, to bring down the high places, the mountains and the hills, to make the crooked places straight and to make the rough places smooth. For what? To prepare the way of the Lord. And in Isaiah, it says, a highway for our God, a highway for our God. Well, um, it's interesting that at the end of the Old Testament, even the final verse of the Old Testament, or you could say the final two verses of the Old Testament, actually bring these thoughts together. <laughs> the matter of the heart and the matter of the ministry of John the Baptist. Uh, I'm talking about Malachi chapter 4, verses 5 and 6. I think many of us are familiar with these verses, but there are some here who might not be, so I will read this to you. This was not in the scripture reading, um, so, so let, let, me, let me read this to you. Again, this is Malachi chapter 4, verses 5 and 6, and you feel free to read along if you have your Bible there. The, the last two verses of the Old Testament. What do they talk about? <laughs> Very interesting. The hearts of our children and our hearts. Okay, verses 5 and 6. I am about to send Elijah the prophet to you before the great and terrible day of Jehovah comes, and he will turn the heart of the fathers to the children and the heart of the children to their fathers, lest I come and strike the land with a curse. Now, this, this verse, of course, is a prophecy about Elijah and a time to come, which actually we believe is very close. 
And when he comes, what will he do? He will turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and hearts of the children to the fathers. This is a prophecy that uh, something must occur before the Lord's coming. This is also to prepare the way of the Lord. What we talked about, John the Baptist, he prepared the way of the Lord for the Lord's first coming. And here, Elijah is preparing a way for the Lord's second coming. However, in the Gospel of Luke, it shows us that the first fulfillment of this prophecy was actually not with Elijah's coming, but with the coming of John the Baptist. <laughs> and so in Luke, in Luke 1, 117, in Luke 117, it says, and it is he who will go before him in the spirit and power of Elijah. Who, who is this talking about? John the baptizer. The one to, who, who came to prepare the way of the Lord. He will go before him in the spirit and power of Elijah. To do what? To turn the hearts of the fathers to the children. And the disobedient to the prudence of the righteous. To prepare for the Lord a people made ready. Oh, dear saints. <laughs> I hope I hope you see something here that that this matter of preparing the hearts of the children is something very much on the heart of the Lord to prepare the next generation to receive the Lord to welcome the Lord this is something at the beginning of the old testament at the end at the beginning of the new testament do do do, do you see this there needs to be this kind of ministry, the ministry of John, a fulfillment of the ministry of Elijah. To do what? To turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the hearts of the children to the fathers. Now, this morning, what we were talking about is that we as parents and grandparents, we, uh, the serving ones, we need to till the ground, right? We, we need to work on their hearts to, to, Soften their hearts for the Lord. But, but do you see that in these verses in Malachi and, and in Luke? The first hearts that have to be turned are not the hearts of the children, but actually the hearts of the fathers. <laughs> oh, when I, when I first saw this, I, I actually had to stop and think about this. I don't know how, what your feeling is, but I thought, oh, my heart's always been toward my children. Why, 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 do, why, does, why does it say first the hearts of the fathers to the children? And then the hearts of the children to the fathers. Well, after some years of experience, I, real, I, 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 I realized I got, I got some help. I got some help actually through the fellowship that I'm going to present to you tonight in this little outline. In this little outline, how to lead the young people. And uh, I just want to tell you to give the full, the full credit. Uh, many of you know this already. You're familiar with this. But this little outline, even this title, comes from this uh, small booklet here, How to Lead the Young People. And I really recommend this, this, this little publication. It's just very, very short, very short, just a, a, a short message. Um, and and uh, 
um, the utterances here, uh, I think, will minister very much to us all. And, uh, of course, it is something, the title is more general, How to Lead the Young People. But I want to recommend to you, and this was the key in my experience, when the Lord shined on me, that I should apply these principles. And, and these are the, the, the six principles that Brother Lee presents are our outline tonight. When, when the Lord shined on me, that I should apply these six principles, not just to all the young people in the church, but but even to my own children. Oh, I, I, I tell you, there, there was uh, the Lord was able to do to do more. Now, now we have we have reproduced quite a bit of this fellowship in this book here, and I want to recommend this. And I, again, I think most of you are familiar, but but there could be some, so I don't want to take anything for granted. Um, raising up the next generation for the church life. And this, this is, this is not a, just a, a single message or a conference given by, by either Brother Nee or Brother Lee, but it's a compilation of various messages from various sources. And, and, and actually this booklet makes up chapters 20 and 21 in, in this publication. And then there are many other sources. So I, I just want to recommend these two publications to, to, to us all. And I do believe if you get into the writings, you would get even more than what you would gain through 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 my my speaking here uh, tonight. But um, maybe this will serve as an appetizer for, for you to to uh, to get some some uh, desire to to get more into into these matters. But this this point, saints, of turning the hearts of the fathers to the children first, the hearts of the fathers to the children. I hope you you hold this for a moment as we get into the these points. And I think we can we can just start in the outline. And I, I think you'll see the, the 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 connection. Okay, six six points here. And the first one, the key word is interest. Interest. If we want to help the young people, we must have an interest in them. Now, um, this morning we spoke a lot about gaining the hearts of the young people and, and also of the children. And, and, and remember, this is all in the context of what we were talking about, a one-piece church life. So, so when we talk about young people, we're also talking about college students. We're also talking about the children, even the, even the, the babies, the toddlers, <laughs> because they are in the homes of the saints. And, and, and there, there are actually some in this meeting that already passed through this one piece church life and, and then have become built into this one piece church life, taking care of their own children and the children of other saints. But they, but they are the product of this, of this pipeline. They pass through the children's meeting, the young people's meeting, the campus work, and, and even some went to the full-time training. And, and anyway, they, they pass through and they're here today as a product of all this labor. Well, <clears throat> on one hand, we need to gain their hearts. 
but but how do we gain their hearts? How do we gain their hearts? These six points are really a development of this burden. And the first point is show an interest. Show an interest. Now, the thing is, when the children are very young, I think it's very easy to show interest. And I gave a little illustration this morning when the, the child is sitting there on the ground. I think many of us, maybe even all of us at one time or another, have approached a child and even sat down next to them and said, what are you doing? And maybe they're playing with Legos. And, and so we pick up Legos and, and you know, we, we build something and, and then they get interested in what we're doing. And before you know it, there's a little conversation going on because we entered into their world. We entered into their world. We were not there expecting them to grow up in front of us and enter into our world. Okay, when they're that little, it's rather easy. When they're 12 and 13 years old, it's a little more challenging than, than that. But, but, I, but I would say, dear saints, I would say, if we have been practicing this continuously since they were that little, maybe it would be a little easier. Maybe it'd be a little, because we were, we'd always be part of their world. We'd always be part of their world. Now, today, we have to admit that some of the young people are interested in things that we either do not know about or are just not interested in those, in, in, in those things. We're not interested in those things. So, so what, how do we, how do we apply this? How do we get interested? How? Our heart has to be turned to the children first. So do, do you see the hearts of the fathers have to be turned to the children? To some extent, we often have to deny ourselves and take the cross to be interested in their things. Uh, especially as they get older and in the teenage years and, and are um, involved in so many things. And even some things that we, we feel are not good for them, might be even damaging for them. Oh, how, how, do we, how do we avoid always reacting so that their heart would not be closed to us? show interest. I, I, I may have, I may have, uh, I, I do believe, given this testimony to some of you before, but, but I'm, I'm sure not everyone has heard this, so forgive me if it's a repeating, but I was giving a, a kind of fellowship like this in some other place, in some other state, and um, actually, this was in another country even, and um, after I, after I spoke this, uh, a sister got up who was a mom of uh, a, a, a late teenage girl, maybe even in her early 20s, the, the daughter. And the sister gave a testimony about something that happened when the girl was about 15 years old. The sister told us, the mom, that she remembers very clearly, very vividly. Uh, it seemed like the Lord brought to mind this incident during the course of my speaking. She was on the phone, actually, with another sister having fellowship. And the young girl, the daughter, she comes in 
very excited, <laughs> very excited, very animated. Mommy, mommy, I want, I want to tell you. And, and the point was that this young girl had just come home from being with some friends and going to a movie. <laughs> and so she came and she wanted to tell mommy all about it. And, 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 and the sister almost like was she reenacted the evening, the, the incident. And she did like this. She said, I, I, I did like this, saints. I did like this. And she, she showed us with her, with her device. She said, I did like this. I said, dear, you know, I'm not interested in these kind of things. And so the little girl just was quiet, turned around and went to her room. And the sister continued with her fellowship. And then the sister said this statement. She said, when I look back, I do believe that that was the night I began to lose my daughter's heart. That was the night. And, and the Lord just sh- apparently shined on her that, that it was her, her unwillingness to be interested in the things that her daughter was interested in. Maybe under the kind of premise that, oh, that's not sanctified. And, and of course, we have to apply this in a proper way. You have to apply this in a proper way. And I want to give you an illustration of two different scenarios, the way that this can go in, in, in a moment. But, but saints, sometimes we react very spontaneously, very naturally, and we're not reacting with the Lord's reaction. We're not reacting in oneness with the Lord. We're reacting out of our background, tradition, culture, even Christian culture, and upbringing. (laughs) And this is very different than how the Lord contacts people. And I would say that there are two examples in the scriptures. Of course, the, the, the Gospels are just wonderful to see the Lord touching people. Um, but there are two cases that, um, oh, for these past many years now, several years, uh, the, the, the beauty of, of, of the God man, uh, just comes through, uh, in his shepherding people. And to me, these are, the top examples of shepherding, and I, and I know I have mentioned this in, in at least once uh, or twice in years past with you all. They are Luke 24 and John 21. And we read <coughs> several verses from the Gospel of Luke in chapter 24. This is the story. I know many of you are very familiar with this. The day of the Lord's resurrection. And uh, there's joy and confusion <laughs> that day. And, and there's believing and unbelief going on. And, and uh, some saw him and others. Uh, anyway, it was quite, sometimes we don't sympathize enough with, with the disciples in this time of transition. <laughs> and and uh, they didn't know the invisible presence of the Lord the way we do, the way we do. Um, so anyway, two of the disciples are discouraged and confused and sad. 
And so they're walking back. It seems like they're walking back home. They weren't supposed to do that. They were supposed to stay in Jerusalem. But they, they're walking back home to Emmaus. And that is, that is, I, I believe that is a seven mile walk, seven miles or 11 kilometers. And they're walking and they're sad and, and lo and behold, there's the Lord Jesus. There's the Lord Jesus. We, 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 we read that verse and Jesus went with them. That means he, he, you know, maybe they were walking here and he was walking and he joined himself to them and was walking at their pace the wrong way. <laughs> and when he met them, there's no rebuke. There's, there's no correction. Um, there's just an entering into their situation. And, and he shows interest by asking questions, by asking questions. And, and I always marvel in the Bible when God asks a question. Do you know God never asks a question to which he does not already know the answer before he asks that question? So he doesn't ask the question to learn. He asks the question for the benefit of the one that he's asking. You know, from Genesis 3, where are you? <laughs> That's not because God lost Adam. Oh, Adam, where, where are you? Where are you? And he, he was touching Adam's conscious, conscience. And very interesting, God did not ask, what have you done? What did you do? No, no. He, he said, Adam, where, where are you? Where are you? Interesting, in the next chapter, he asks Cain, where's your brother? Did the Lord not know the answer? Lord asks questions. <laughs> so here's the Lord, the resurrected Christ, the embodiment of the triune God. And he asks, what are you talking about to these disciples in Luke 24? And and, and um, they, they, if you look at the answer, this Cleopas or Cleopas, I don't know how to pronounce his name. It gives us the name of one of the two. And, and, and he says, uh, are you the only one in Jerusalem who doesn't know the things that have occurred here? Somewhat a, a little condescending, you know, and, and, uh, and, uh, you know, Jesus, <laughs> you know what he says? He says, um, what things? Did he not know? Did he not know? Did he forget that he got resurrected? And no, of course he knew. Very interesting that in verse 28, the, the verse that one of the verses we read, he said, you know, when, when they get to, to the, the fork in the road or they get close to the, their home and they're compelling him to come, he said he acted as if he would go further. Where was he going? Where did he want to go that night? Did he really have another appointment? His appointment was back in Jerusalem so he could breathe into them the spirit, right? Receive the Holy Spirit. And he was trying to get these two guys back there. So he wasn't going anywhere, but he acted. I just love this. I just love this, that this, this God man, this, this, this God man, oh, the humanity to win the hearts of these two. And, and, and then he hides his, his, his identity from them. That's a miracle. And then they say, come with us, stay with us. They say, stay with us. I, I do have a feeling the Lord said, Oh, no, I, 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 I don't want to. Maybe we would say, 
I don't want to impose. I don't want to impose. And they say, no, please. Maybe. I don't know. I'm actually trying to exercise some, some, uh, sanctified imagination a little bit. And, 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 uh, maybe the Lord would say, okay, maybe, maybe for a little bit. So he goes into the home. And of course, we know the rest, right? He, it's time to break the bread. And they're familiar with that because he blessed it and broke it. And they see Jesus and then he disappears. It's as if the triune God is here playing, playing with them. (laughs) And so what do they say? Did not our heart burn? Did not our heart burn? Do you see that the entire time the Lord was just working on their heart? He was tilling. He was tilling. And he, he was actually, at a certain point, he started to infuse them with the word. And they received the word. They, they received the word. And what did they do? They, they ran back to Jerusalem. So they got there that night. I do believe the Lord was waiting for those two to get in so that he could appear to all of them and breathe, receive the Holy Spirit. I, I do believe he was there waiting for them. Maybe when he came in, peace be to you, peace be to you. You know, they were frightened. Peace be to you. I don't know if you looked over at the two disciples and they were, thank the Lord. Thank, thank you, Lord Jesus, for getting us here. The Lord's way. Do you see the Lord's way? Not rebuking. Showing interest by asking the proper questions. Not judging. Not judging. Saints, to show interest, we can't be, we can't be a judge for the young people. We can't look at their faults. We can't focus on their faults. Do we not have faults? And do we not remember how we were at that age? Some of us, some of us maybe were naughtier. Some of us may have had a better reputation, but inside we knew what we really were. Because because the good ones, maybe I'll say it this way, the good ones ain't really that good. And the naughty ones, they actually are not really that bad. If you know people, if you're just willing to spend time, you know, showing interest, a key part of showing interest is to learn to listen, to learn to listen. And I think many of you know Brother Nee's classic, The Normal Christian Worker. The first chapter is on being a good listener. To work for the Lord, to serve the Lord, we have to be a good listener to both God and man. The key is not talking <laughs> the key is listening that's why the you know the priests they get the anointing on the ear and on the thumb and on the toe not on the lips so we need an anointed ear <laughs> and 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 uh with with an with no judgment just interest just interest and I've encouraged, I've encouraged many parents along the way. You know, these days, I understand, I understand. 
there are many things, um, even lingo that we don't understand. Uh, I was I, I I mentioned this morning that we were just with our local young people at a at a retreat at our camp um, earlier this week, and during one of the dinner times, uh, this this uh, sixth grade boy this sixth grade boy was teaching me some of the some of the lingo uh, how what what this means that this means that I was so surprised but I was I got tutored by by a sixth grader. I told him, thank you. I appreciate that. I, I, I didn't know. I didn't know. I want to be able to talk to the kids. And, and he was, he was, he was teaching me show interest by coming alongside, by coming alongside. Then this has very much to do with the second point. And our second point is learn to contact the young people. Helping the young brothers and sisters depends not on our ability to give them messages, but on our regular, frequent contacts with them. Remember not to talk about spiritual things at the initial contact with them. Brother Lee, in, in the booklet, he, he encourages this way. The, we should contact the young people and the, at least the first 10 times that you contact them, you don't talk about anything spiritual. You, know, you, just, you just have talks with them. Some of the serving saints might say, if I don't talk about spiritual things, I don't know what to talk about. Exactly. <laughs> so we need to learn. So this is what I was going to say about the parents. Yeah, there are many things we don't know. Many things even I, I know we are not interested in directly, but for their sakes, we could find out. And today, saints, on the Internet, we have the access. You could Google things. You could, you could Google Minecraft. <laughs> and just learn about the game. You could find out what your child is, the game that they really like, and just Google to find out how many levels and what are the secrets. Oh, I tell you, if you sit down one day at the dinner table and your child is playing this game and you, you know you know that they're just even, a, some of them are obsessed too much. But you could tell them, son, <clears throat> Did you find the, did you find the, the, uh, the, the diamond in level seven yet? And they might say, what do you know about the diamond in level seven? I said, oh, there's some things, uh, I know stuff. I know stuff. And I tell you, that might, that might open their heart <laughs> to you. That might open their heart to you. Did you find the secret how to open that, uh, how to open the treasure chest in level eight? Oh no, I've been trying to do that for three weeks. Well, you know, you should try that and you, you could tell them something you found. Oh, don't you think, don't you think, don't you think that, that they're going to call one of their friends and say, Hey, my mom knows how to open the treasure chest. And they're going to, the other friend say, No way. The next time they come over, they're going to say, This is so and so. How do you know? Oh, you, you can touch somebody's heart. Just a little investment in time. Just a little investment. But let me, let me, let me give the balance <laughs> here. Let me talk about John 21. John 21. Uh, I, and again, I, I think we're, we're all familiar with this story. This is after resurrection. Um, Peter, I'm going fishing. 
six of the brothers. We'll go with you. <laughs> so they, they all go back to the sea, which in type is backsliding to the world. And so they're there all through the night and they catch nothing. Why? Because the Lord was with them. <laughs> the Lord was with them operating in their environment. Operating in their environment. It's not that the Lord was not with them. The Lord was with them. He was already within them. But he was behind the scenes, silent, invisible, hidden. And, and he kept those fish from going into the net. And so then it's coming toward dawn. And who's there? Uh, our marvelous God, man, Jesus. Rebuking? Absolutely not. With another question. <laughs> little children. Little children. You don't have anything to eat, do you? And they could no. Actually, if you really consider, if you get into this, I wonder what was in their minds when they saw this man on the shore. They didn't recognize it was Jesus. What were they thinking? Maybe they were thinking, mind your own business, sir. Leave me alone. Leave us alone. I, I think they answered him just to get rid of him. But he asked the questions and got into their situation. Do you realize that be, before he revealed himself to them, you know, they, they, they realized it's Jesus. When, when the, uh, when the, the, the fish started getting into the net, you know, later, he helped them first. He said, cast the net on the other side. Maybe they were thinking, just do it. Maybe he'll go away. I, I don't know. I don't know what they were thinking. I, why would they, why would they follow what he said? Anyway, they did that. They, they, they cast the net. And then I think it's John that said, it's Jesus. Peter, ashamed, jumps into the water and then comes to the Lord and then the others dragging. What does he say? No rebuke. No, what? He wasn't there, you know, standing with, with his hands on his, on his hips, you know, you know, with pursed lips like this. In here, Brother Lee talks about pursed lips. <laughs> You might not say anything, but your countenance is full of judgment. We do this as parents. I know I'm guilty. Guilty. I've been guilty. I had to repent of this many, many times. What, what does he say? Come and have breakfast. Come and have breakfast. And there's a fire to warm them. To warm them. Who needed the warming the most? Peter. Because he was the only one who jumped into the water. He was wet and it's early morning. I think Peter appreciated the fire, not just for the food, but for the heat. See how the Lord shepherded. But one point about this story, since is that even the Lord helped them, but he helped them from the seashore. He helped them from the seashore. He, in the other story in Luke 24, he goes all the way with them and even goes into the house. Not in John 21. In John 21, there was a limit. He stayed on the land. He didn't step into the sea. You know, there are other stories about the Lord walking on the sea. He could have done that, but not here. And I think that that shows that we need to keep our sanctification. But, but we can keep our sanctification without judgment. 
without judging people, even helping them, helping them to open their hearts. And I know many of you, again, are familiar with the little example Brother Lee gives in this booklet (laughs) about uh, you're you're going to a meeting and you run into a young person and say, hey, how are you? What are you doing? He says, and the young person says, I'm going to the movie. And Brother Lee says, what should you do? What you should do is say, oh, I'll take you. Let, Let me get a taxi and I'll drop you off. And here, let me off. You should offer him money for the ticket. <laughs> Brother Lee didn't say about the, add money for the popcorn, but I, I would add that. Maybe we even offered a little, little popcorn and soda. Then, then you tell him, "Oh, how long is the movie? Oh, two hours. Oh, you know, I'm going to the meeting now. The meeting's about two hours. How about after the meeting? I'll come pick you up." And I'll take you home, or we can go out. No judgment. <laughs> I remember, I remember the saints that I was serving with when this when this booklet came out. Uh, I was serving with a group of saints, and I, I was just so helped by by this uh, by, by this fellowship that uh, came out in the year two thousand. It was printed in two thousand, and and I gifted a booklet to all the saints that I was served with. And I said, saints, let's get together next week and have fellowship over these points. When we got together to fellowship, one of the sisters, first thing she said is, oh, I didn't like that example Brother Lee gave. I could never do that. I could never do that. <laughs> she was so honest. She just feels, oh, it's condoning, uh, you know, facilitating them going to the world. But saints, look at John 21. Look at our God man. Contact, questions entering into their world, but keeping sanctification. Keeping sanctification. I think there are lessons for us to learn. There are lessons for us to learn here. Point three is uh, emphasizing practicality instead of stressing doctrines. When we help the young people, give them something practical. And saints, we, we really need to practice practice learn and learn this actually this practice i can testify has helped me in every area of my church life you know this particular point point three is developed in another writing called teacher's training there's a little book called teacher's training with four chapters and that book is brother lee's help to us to prepare us for the summer school of truth. And there he talks about uh, sharing the truth to the young people and leaving them, listen to this phrase, with an experiential impression. An experiential impression. So you leave them with a matter of, of some truth, like, like transformation, sanctification, glorification, conformation but but we shouldn't leave them with words and terminology we need to learn how to bring those truths into the daily living of a teenager and if you can help a junior higher to experience this you can help anyone in the church life that you ever meet to enter into the experience 
So, saints, our prophesying should be like this. We bring out a point of truth with, with a testimony or an application. Oh, our meetings would be so rich if we could all practice this. Our group meetings would be, would, would be feast after feast, not just repeating the message, but applying the points to our practical daily living. And that's what we need. With, that's what the young people need. The young people need talks to apply the things to them. You know, um, in these few days, I, I have received a few questions from the saints. And, of course, last night with the serving saints, we had a, about 20 minutes or 25 minutes. It was almost all Q&R questions and responses. And But, but a, a few saints here and there have asked uh, some questions. And um, <clears throat> one, one saint uh, asked uh, this, that... Um, Many of many of our young people today, many young people today, are more socially conscious than even ten or fifteen years ago. Uh, the things that have occurred in America in these last few years has has caused a, 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 a kind of social awareness to arise in young people that, frankly, I have not seen for for more than 40 years in America. Uh, I, I, I was just a child in the 60s. <laughs> I was just a child, but I, I lived through, through, through that. And uh, I would be, you know, became a, a, a teenager in the, in the 70s. So there were still um, the, 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 the after effects of the, the, the cultural revolution and so on in, in, in the 60s. Um, and and the uh, certainly the damage that that occurred um, uh, during during those years, but there was a kind of social awareness, and and uh, you know um, in in um, I think it was when in uh, President Kennedy's inaugural address. This is one of the famous lines in inaugural. Inaugural speeches. <laughs> Did I say that right? Inaugural speeches. And he said this line. Do you, do you, do you recall this? It, uh, ask not what you can do for your country. No, sorry. Ask not what your country can do for you, but what you can do for your country. And um, he was, he was um, speaking to that sense of wanting to serve mankind and even inciting that generation to be socially aware, to, to, to not be all me, 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 because there was some of that in the fifties. The, the United States was so blessed had become the strongest n- n- uh, nation uh, after the wars and after the, the Korean war. So there was a, a generation developing uh, somewhat self-centered. And, and this was a call to incite something in the youth of America. And that's when the Peace Corps was, was uh, uh, um, you know, br- brought out. And I believe he signed something to, to create the Peace Corps. So a call to service. And uh, 
in those days, of course, there was a lot of negative things, but there was protests uh, of different things in the, in the 60s. And yes, the enemy took advantage or takes advantage of all those things. But saints, I could tell you that it's somewhat refreshing to see young people uh, rising up for a cause, rising up for a cause. Now, uh, the question that the saint mentioned was that this, this, the, 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 their, their, I think the daughter and some of her friends are, are aware of the social injustices and, and it seems like they, they, they struck something within them and they're responding to the things around. Um, and they were told or in some fellowship that actually, um, and, I, and I know this message because I've given this message in different settings, that the only answer to all the social injustices is the Lord's coming and the coming kingdom. That's the real answer. That's the real answer. We, we sh- no matter what you do in this age, we, we are not going to solve all the problems. And, and that is true. <laughs> that is certainly true. Um, however, however, if a young person comes to you and has this kind of um, uh, kind of even inspiration and and wants to talk about the social injustices, I tell you such an answer <laughs> may not meet the need may not meet the need now is it true sure it's true sure it's true that I actually the best thing we can do is bring the Lord back, is grow in life, build a church, and bring the Lord back. Um, then, you know, Brother Watchman, he has a famous, uh, wonderful message on, on all the things that will be changed at the Lord's coming <laughs> and, and the effects on, on the, the, the peace, on the animals, on the environment, on, on everything uh, will be blessed. But I wonder, saints, if when such a young person comes to us, whether we should just talk with them, just talk with them and let them talk, let them talk to unload what's within them and show interest. Is it not a noble thing that some of our young people would be interested in in the betterment of society? Surely. And there's a way to have talk with them, even to encourage them if they want to channel their energy into something. But we can tell them, we, we can tell them that, that they need to be careful what they get into because some of the movements today, they seem noble, but something's there behind. Something's behind a motive, an agenda that actually is anti-Christian. But but I wouldn't lead with that. Do you understand? <laughs> that wouldn't be the first thing I talk about. It's, it might be good to try to engage them in conversation. Eventually, though, eventually. I hope our young people could be, could be motivated to realize that they can serve their own generation. Just like David in Acts 13, the Lord said that he served his own generation 
with the counsel of, according to the counsel of God. According to the counsel of God. So it's good that they, they want to rise up to, to, uh, to, to do something. Uh, that shows that they're not self-centered. But we have to have the wisdom. First, how to speak with them in order to show interest, in order to gain confidence before we're able to put something of the word into them. And this is the example uh, uh, of the Lord on, on the way to Emmaus. He just talked with them. After a certain time, when their hearts were open, then he spoke and said, foolish of slow, of foolish and slow of heart to believe the scriptures. Anyway, then, then he started to speak the word. But anyway, just as a kind of application and illustration, um, that was a question that came, that came to us. Okay. Point, point four is, is, is crucial. Uh, saints, I hope that wherever we are, and especially if we're together with someone, let's read point four aloud. <laughs> Even if you're by yourself, but let's read point Roman four. We must have positive faith in every young person. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Amen. Oh, I, I, I see some, I see some saints here on my screen. I knew them when they were young people and I knew them when they were children. And I, I tell you, it, it's good that somebody had positive faith to, for you. <laughs> Praise the Lord. I believe somebody had positive faith for me. I, I got in trouble here and there along the way, but the saints didn't give up on me. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Saints, we have here this verse, Second Corinthians 5, 7. We walk by faith, not by appearance, not by sight. Saints, we should never trust what we see with the young people, whether positive or negative. Maybe, maybe it doesn't look so good. It's okay. It's okay. No, I realize not every situation is okay. We need to be desperate and pray. But my point is, don't lose heart. Have faith. Have faith in the deposit that you put in them as their mother, father, aunt, uncle, grandmother, grandfather, serving one. You put something in them and that could never disappear. Just pray. The Lord is well able. I gave an illustration, a testimony last night of a brother, eight years. He left us for eight years. And then one day, he just he just showed up in the meeting. Oh, we wept together that night. We wept together. I couldn't say it. I didn't have words. All I could do was put my arm around him and, and, and just praise the Lord, my brother. We're here. We're here. Just have positive faith. That was one story. Uh, after... After I said that, I thought of another case. Also eight years, brothers. Also eight years. This was a, a couple of years after the first brother. This, this brother disappeared, but he was very, he was buddies with, with, with my son. He was buddies with my son. And uh, I tell you, when they were in high school, I don't, uh, you really had to exercise positive faith for these knuckleheads. That's what they were. Sorry. I don't know how the Chinese brothers and the Spanish translate knucklehead but um the, these boys <laughs> with a with their little group their little posse you know 
Oh, you really had to exercise positive faith. Anyway, by, by the Lord's shepherding, um, you know, my, my son ended up in the full-time training some years later. And, uh, this brother, this one I'm talking about that disappeared, um, eight years for eight years. Um, I would see him because whenever my son would come into town, um, he, you know, he, he'd come to visit, you know, so, but most of the saints never didn't get to see him anyway. My son is graduating from the full-time training and he invited this, this brother, Hey, come to my graduation, come to my graduation. And so this, this, this other brother thought, Whoa, uh, where Southern California beaches. And, and yeah. So he thought he'd go to the graduation and then they can hang out on the beach for a week, not knowing that it's part of the training that after graduation, the trainees have to attend the semi-annual training, right? So anyway, this brother comes and, and he's disappointed because my son can't get together with him and so on. Anyway, at the end of the training, there's an open meeting. You know how, how we used to do this, you know, on the holiday, on the holiday, July 4th or Saturday. Yeah. So it's Saturday after the graduation. And my son invited him again, and he just, he comes, he comes. Saints, he had not been in a meeting in 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 eight years, except for that graduation meeting last Saturday. Now he comes. Some of you may remember this meeting. This was this was the meeting <laughs> uh, where 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 we sang this song. The goal of the gospel is that loving the Lord Jesus. With the dearest love, you know, it, you know, we were pour out upon him. Pour, we, so we sang this hymn in the meeting. This brother was broken there by the Lord. And he came straight to me to say, I want to go to the full-time training. He hadn't been in a meeting in eight years. <laughs> but, but actually, this was not God's love. You know what this was? God's purpose. He was, he was caught that I have a purpose. I have a purpose. My purpose is not to do what I've been doing in the world. I must be for God's purpose. And praise the Lord. Well, we didn't send him to the training just yet. <laughs> we tell him, you need to maybe be in a few church meetings. So come on home. Let's talk about it. So he did. And, and saints, <laughs> I think it's six months later, he was in the full time training. Saint brothers, he's one of the leading ones. He's one of the leading ones today in in one of the churches. <laughs> the Lord can do this. We just need to have positive faith. Positive faith. I believe there's dozens and dozens of stories, even among us, even in this meeting. Positive faith. But but conversely, saints, when we see a young person doing so well. Please don't take them for granted. Please don't take them for granted. I was one such. Always with a good reputation in high school and, you know, and somewhat exercised, or at least I could say active in the meetings. But many of the saints didn't know what was really going on, certain parts of my life. But there were some serving ones. I couldn't fool them. 
I couldn't fool them. They had an eye. They had an eye on me. And they didn't take me for granted. I so appreciate them. I so appreciate them. Those are my moms and dads in the church life. Thank the Lord they're still with us. They're still with us. And they had positive faith for this little boy. <laughs> Praise the Lord. We need to have the po- exercise faith and pray in faith. Not begging prayers. Not begging prayers. But prayers in faith. You know what also we found? That many of the ones who have left us before, they got married. Now they are parents. You know what brings them back to the Lord? Their children. Their heart for their children. Because they realize, I want my child to grow up in the church life. That's the safest place on the whole earth. So we just pray. We just pray. And have positive faith. The next point, uh, five. Those who have a desire to do the young people's work need to learn how to match and adapt to the young people. Oh, I, I, I want to read a, a sentence from, from the booklet here that is very touching to me. This is what, this is what Brother Lee, Brother Lee's utterance is very striking. It says, when you go to reach people, uh, this is not just young people. This is anyone in visitation. When you go to reach people, Do not contact them according to your tradition, background, or disposition. Look to the Lord that you may be able to enter into their condition and situation. Learn to accommodate their character, age, disposition, and way of doing things. And contact people according to their situation and condition and not according to your disposition or tradition. Isn't that precious, saints? The Lord Jesus, we could see in the four Gospels, in the four Gospels. This is is what it talks about in in, uh, Ephesians chapter 4, the reality in Jesus. This is displayed in the four Gospels. This is the living of the God-man. He he adapted to people's situation. To Nicodemus in one way, in the middle of the night. To the Samaritan woman there, hiding from everyone, maybe ashamed. But he had a way to speak with her. To that woman who, who touched him, touched the hem of his garment in the crowd. And then wanted to hide and go away. And the tenderness with which he speaks to her. Daughter, your faith has healed you. Very rare you find this expression in the Gospels. Daughter. Don't you feel that's extra sweet? (laughs) To Zacchaeus in one way, that unrighteous, unrighteous civil servant, (laughs) the thief. To Bartimaeus, to the leper who had not experienced the touch of a human being for who knows how many years. To Lord, if you are willing, you can cleanse me. 
He says, and he didn't have to put his hand there. He didn't have to touch him, but he did. And says, I am willing to be cleansed. The Lord, the, the, the humanity of the God-man is beyond words. It's, it's, it's beyond words. <clears throat> he wants to be reproduced in us. <laughs> and, and, and that could be, that could be by, by playing with Legos. <laughs> Sitting there and playing Legos and cars. Uh, an example Brother Lee gives in this uh, or illustration, I should say, in this uh, section is that um, that of a, a glue, but but uh, as paste, you know, the white paste. Uh, when I was a child growing up, we we always bought or, or the school always used the brand Elmer, Elmer's glue, Elmer's. Glue. I don't know if such a thing still exists, Elmer's glue. But but this is different than the. Uh, you know, today they have they have a uh, well, not just today. It's been around for years, but stick glue. You know, that's very neat. So you you take the top off and then you just rub and you put the paper and it's very neat. Okay, but at least not that kind of glue, but the Elmer's glue, which is the paste, because the paste can get into every crevice. Saints, we we need to we need to. Be like the God-man who can get into every crevice, every situation. He can talk to the people of high estate. He can talk to the low. He can talk to anyone. And everyone feels comfortable around him. Oh, how we need this. How our children need this. How our young people need loving God-men, normal people around them who love them but are like this. It doesn't mean we condone many of the things they do or even agree, but there's no judgment. There's no judgment. The hearts of the fathers are turned to the children and the hearts of the children then cannot but respond to be turned to the, to the fathers. And finally, the last point here, paying attention to personal contact, the power and effect of doing a personal work with the young people are many times greater than the meetings. Now, this this does not mean that the meetings are not important. Saints, we we need to really reconsider how to have proper meetings with our with our young people, and we are all now passing through a, a very particular time in our church life, in our history, actually in world history. These two years of, of many isolated, but now we're coming back. How do we come back? And we shouldn't just assume that we will just have the meetings, the young people's meetings, the way we did before, or even the children's meetings. We need to seek the Lord for, for fresh leading. I, I'm not saying we change anything for the sake of change. No, no. But we change things for the sake of meeting the need meeting the need. So we just have to seek the Lord. So the meetings are important. And I can I can testify, uh, I, I, I've referred a few times to this conference that we just had with our local young people, this retreat, that really was a time of rekindling. And, and that, what occurred there in that atmosphere 
was something that you cannot replicate by just personal contact. But our 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 brother Lee gave gave us this illustration, you know, like the two wings, right? An airplane to fly has two wings: the large meetings, small meetings. Well, I would apply this way: the meetings and the personal contact have to be balanced, in, for especially in the work with the children and the young people. And we have to pay attention to personal contact. And I think many of us, maybe even all of us, can testify to the power and effectiveness of personal contact. I know some serving saints that when, when I when I was in high school, when I was in high school, they gave messages. But sorry, I I I don't know that I remember one message that any of those brothers gave. But I do remember the talks we had. I do remember many of the talks that we had. The power and effectiveness of the personal contact. Anyway, saints, I, I hope you've gotten your appetite a little wet. I want to once again recommend this booklet for all of us um, to get into it. And, if, and I would tell you, if you've read it before, it won't hurt to read it again. You'll have a different perspective. Every time I read this little booklet, I, 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 the Lord shines on something new. And, and uh, again, the target is the heart of the young people, the children, the next generation. We must gain their hearts. And according to the prophecy in Malachi 4 and in Luke 1, this ministry has to be in place before the coming of the Lord. The ministry of John the Baptist, the ministry of Elijah to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the hearts of the children to the fathers to prepare for the Lord a people made ready. This is the way to prepare them for for his coming.